0: Today we conclude our worship series, Questions Jesus Asked, with the very first question Jesus asked in the Gospel of John. It would be the first question of many in John, as no other gospel relies on questions to tell the story of Jesus. You know, when you think about it, the story of your life can be told in the same way as a series of pivotal questions that you've had to answer in your own life. Some of the most significant moments of your life hinged on the most important questions you had to answer. What are my values? How do I present myself to others? What is my calling in life? What gives me contentment? Who do I trust? What am I to become? Every time you answered questions like these, your life took a big step forward. And these are not small questions. We've we've all asked them. And often these hard questions have corresponded with big changes in our lives that have not just been the most difficult, but also the most necessary. It it would be so much easier in life, right, If, if life were not so driven by questions and more driven by clear, definitive statements. If someone would just tell us what to do, if guidance could be as plain as a billboard or as loud as a megaphone, but questions... how we grow, when we ponder a career change, when we're having relationship difficulties, when we're contemplating a move, and perhaps the most critical and challenging change of all, a theological change. Imagine, if you will, two circles. One circle defines our life experience, the way we see the world, how we see our place in it, and the other circle Defines our view of God. It encompasses what we know and believe about the faith. Now, imagine putting those circles on top of each other, aligning them with each other. Now, there there may have been moments in your life when both circles have been a perfect fit, when your image of God and your understanding of the faith have matched perfectly with the events of your life and the conclusions that you make of them. Those are moments of ease and security and, and contentment. But those moments are often temporary, aren't they? I mean, you and I know that the circle of our life experience is never permanent. Life happens, we, we go through crises, we undergo hardship, we, we hear new provocative ideas that, that challenge some of our old assumptions. We see how some of our old ways of thinking actually might cause harm. And so as that first circle, as that, as that circle of life experience expands, it causes tension with the other circle, the circle of our theology. And we discover that our view of God is not expansive enough. It become points of friction between the realities of life and the claims of our faith, and it becomes troublesome and sometimes even painful. And that's when our spiritual life and our theology needs to expand, to grow, to mature. And that's when God steps in. Because we cannot grow the circle of our theology on our own. We need God to guide us and nudge us to expand that circle, sometimes further than we think we can be pushed, in order to have a faith that is stronger and deeper and more mature. And that is precisely what is happening in today's scripture reading. We hear of two men. The first is named Andrew. We don't know the other person's name. Some scholars suggest he was John the Gospel writer himself. What we do know about these two men is that they were followers of a rabbi named John the Baptist. John was an unorthodox preacher, as you may know. His teaching circuit was in the wilderness. His liturgical clothing made of camel's hair. His regular diet made of locusts and wild honey. But nonetheless, he was a rabbi with a following, including Andrew and his friend. Now let's remember that in ancient Judaism, being the disciple of a rabbi was no small thing, and it was no quick thing. It was a long and involved process. To become a follower of a rabbi meant much more than just reading his books, or admiring from a distance, or being a fan, or following him on Twitter— it took years to become a disciple of a rabbi. For many, it began as early as age five when children first learned the scriptures and became conversant in the faith. By age 13, at the time of the bar mitzvah, it was expected to have the Torah memorized, ready to begin the next phase of training, the teenage years, which involved additional intense instruction called the yoke of Torah. And by the age 17, Only those showing particular promise could be selected by a rabbi to become his followers. And if you were privileged enough to be selected by a rabbi to be his disciple, your journey would just be beginning as you start an apprenticeship that would take you years into your adulthood. A long process. It's been said that a new disciple would hear these words, as they ventured off to follow their rabbi in their new apprenticeship, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Beautiful word of blessing and admonition and encouragement that this new disciple would follow their rabbi so closely and sit at their feet when they were teaching and model their behavior so accurately and listen to their words so intently that they would become covered by their very dust. That's what it meant to be a disciple of a rabbi. So in John chapter 1, verse 35, when we hear that Andrew and his friend were disciples of John the Baptist, we know that they had already invested much of their lives until being selected by John. Until that point, their two circles were in perfect sync and harmony. Their, Their life experiences were a perfect match for their view of God and their approach to the faith. But then one day, something happened to them. Jesus showed up, and their world was about to change, and their lives were about to change, and their soon-to-be former rabbi, John the Baptist, knew it. John pointed to Jesus and basically said, Fellas, it's time for your theology to grow. Time for your idea of God and your view of the faith to mature. It won't be easy, fellas, because change of any kind is hard, but this man is the one to lead you there. And when Andrew and his friend turned to Jesus, that's when Jesus asked them a question, like any good rabbi would do. What are you seeking? That's the question, isn't it? That's the question we always ask when our life circle and our theology circle don't quite match up. It's the question we ask when we're in the wilderness or in the dark night of the soul, as St. John of the Cross called it. For any of you today who are struggling with making sense of life and the world and, and how it matches with your view of God, the final question of our worship series today is the one you are asking right now. What are you seeking? And I don't think there's any better answer than the one Andrew and his friend gave to Jesus. Jesus, where are you staying? What an important question in John's gospel. That word for staying is one of John's most significant and most often used words. It's the word for abide. The two men were not just asking Jesus where he was going to stay for the night, They were not asking for his home address or his headquarters. They were asking how they might abide with him, how they might draw close to him, whether they could follow him, whether they could be covered by his dust, and most importantly, whether Jesus could provide the one thing that they were craving and longing for, stability, a sense of centeredness, sure-footedness, a grounding and a foundation that would be wide enough and expansive enough to help them make sense of the rapid changes happening in their lives and in the world. Rabbi, they asked Jesus, if you could provide that for us, a sense of stability and home in a world where we feel increasingly like wanderers. We want to be covered by your dust. Where are you staying? Friends, you and I are going through a time of massive and unprecedented changes in life experiences. So much of what you and I may have relied on to provide stability and routine and comfort seems so unsettled right now. Your circle of life experience may have long been defined by reliance in career advancement or financial stability, or reliable relationships, or political ideologies, and so much more. But life happens, and that circle has changed, prompting you to hear from Jesus, maybe for the first time, the question that resonates with the deepest part of your spirit, one that a creature can only hear from its creator when it is time for them to see God in a new kind of way, and to follow God with a new kind of intimacy, What are you seeking? You are seeking a sense of the presence of God in your life. By the way, the Gospel of John ends with a fascinating twist. In John chapter 13, Jesus gathers with his disciples for the very last conversation they would have before he died. And it's the brother of Andrew, Simon Peter, You ask the very same question that Andrew did at the beginning of the gospel. Lord, where are you going? It's the same word for abide. Jesus, where are you going to stay? In response, Jesus said he would go to prepare a place for them, a place with many rooms. And that word for rooms also comes from the root word for abide. It would be a reminder to the disciples that no matter what happens in life, there would always be a way for them to stay close to Jesus, to be close enough to be covered by the dust of their Messiah. And he told them this around a table in which he blessed and broke and gave bread that would remind them of his presence. He would lift and bless and pour a cup that would remind them of his love and would be in this act of remembrance that they could always turn to abide in the presence and love of Jesus with them. Friends, come to Jesus with your questions. As Abraham Heschel said, we are closer to God when we are asking questions than when we think we have all the answers. Let those questions draw you to a closer, more intimate connection with God Allow those questions to stretch and mature your faith, to ease the tensions with your life experience. And ultimately, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi so that the love and grace of God can fill you with a constant abiding and steady sense of the presence of Jesus with you. Let's pray. God, thank you for your constant presence with us and for leading us through hard times. We want to abide with you, to draw close to your heart, to hear your voice, to follow your ways. Give us the strength to stretch our faith, to grow deeper in our commitment to you. We want to know you. This is what we seek. In Jesus' name, amen.